I found it extraordinary when I read that 43% of Britons still think empire was a good thing and 44% of them felt it was something to be proud of. It's a really complicated history. I mean, it took me four years to get my head around it, you know, whereas the history of World War II is so simple. Six years, clear beginning, clear end, clear morality. You know, it's much easier to think of yourselves as that than trying to get your head around this incredibly complicated history where at one point it was the government leading imperialism and another point it was the East India Company. It was all around the world. Every single area of, of the empire was governed in a different way. And also it's a very painful history. So it's much easier to take comfort in your history rather than face up to what actually happened. You get the impression, and you deal with, with Brexit in a, in a chapter in the book, that these are all methods of somehow sort of arresting our our dignity, our exceptionalism and proving our worth in the world. Yeah, and it's depressing how it's intensifying. I mean, I, I didn't, this book is already accidentally timely. Um, Black Lives Matter happened towards the end of it. And it's surreal for me to see all my concerns suddenly on the news at 10, you know, and playing out in the papers every single day. Two weeks ago, we had Robert Jenrick penning a column about how we need to introduce a law to protect statues. And this was in the week we had the highest death rate from COVID in the world. And what's that about? And the, I mean, it's again, it's an illustration of the fact they realized it's a way to win votes. You know, it works really well in focus groups. And Boris did it too. And at the start of the pandemic, when he should have been concentrating on the pandemic, he, he was going on about how he was going to protect the Winston Churchill statue with his last breath. And no one was threatening the Churchill statue. And it's really depressing because it's historically illiterate also, it's fake news. I mean, no one, no one was going to tear down the Churchill statue. What values do you think that we have at the moment that we could feel good about? I mean, what are we doing well and what qualities should we sort of cling on to as we go forward into this post-Brexit future? I actually feel quite optimistic. And partly it's because I think young people feel entirely different about this than our generation and older feel. I mean, they're so knowledgeable about colonialism, I think, because they get their news from social networking and also their films, they were like the Black Panther film, I think it was the ninth biggest film in history, was incredibly strong-minded about colonialism. There's a scene set in the British Museum. And I think they feel the same way about museums that we felt about zoos. So that makes me feel real, really optimistic. And actually one of the absurd things, of, uh, one of the surprising things about publication is the strongest response is I've had is from conservatives. So I've had a Chris Patton wrote this rave review, Ed Vasey did a podcast on it, and a load of conservative politicians have emailed me saying they're reading it. And I didn't couldn't quite make sense of it. But I think what I realized is these are the centrist. You know, they realize their party's been hijacked by the cultural warriors. They want their party back. So actually they're angrier than any anyone else. It makes sense. And I do think there's a middle ground as with politics, that is available where you can actually navigate empire in a sane way. The problem is the left and the right um, shout a lot. What do you think is the way forward? Do you think it is through better education and the teaching of, of history? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately that's happening because you know, private schools and academies don't need to follow the national curriculum. So I've had a lot of teachers already contact me saying, actually, I do teach it. And I think people are are taking it into their own hands. But the problem is the people in charge at the moment are 
massively imperially nostalgic. I don't think they even realize it. So Boris Johnson, you know, talking about Churchill, writing books about Churchill in his spare time, talking about how the problem with Africa is that we, we are not in charge anymore, talking about flag-waving piccaninnies and watermelon smiles. It's incredible how imperially nostalgic this guy is. And then there's Jacob Rees-Mogg, who in his spare time writes books about how great the imperial Victorians were. But I don't think they even realize what they're doing. It comes naturally to them. And as long as they're in charge, I don't think there's any chance of our curriculum becoming sensible, of finding this center ground. And equally, I'd feel the same about Jeremy Corbyn, who, who announced that he was going to introduce teaching about British empire and that kids were going to learn about the crimes of empire. I think that is also equally wrong. You know, there's a middle ground. You do say that in the end you feel optimistic. And I'm wondering about the, to go back to Brexit again, the sort of different value systems that seem to me to be there in our cities. And it was, we saw that in the way people voted in 2016. I mean, by and large, and this is a generalization, the more multicultural the constituencies, the more in favor of Remain they were. And you must have noticed that as well. I also noticed that a lot of brown people in my hometown of Wolverhampton voted for Brexit. Mm. We should try to unite. It's actually, I think people voted for Brexit for loads of reasons. And imperialism was just one of them, imperial nostalgia. So I think it's more complicated than that. And um, yeah, and people of colour certainly voted in complicated ways. But where do you think we're going to be then in 10, 20 years time? Because it was a huge chunk of our history. What would you do if you were asked to sort of sit on the board of the British Museum next week? What have we got to do about all this stuff? It's often said, you know, if we started giving stuff back, we're going to have an empty British Museum. The British Museum has 1% of its items on display. And at the VNA, I doubt it's much more. If we gave away certain things, and it wouldn't be more than 1% one, 1 or 2%, it would lead to incredible scholarship. And also it would lead to an incredible improvement in our relationships with India and other countries at a time we really need international relationships. Problem is, we've got an actual law which stops certain museums from handing stuff back. Our conservative government is playing a culture war around this. And so we've got the culture, culture secretary saying that if any museum starts engaging with the left-wing campaigners, they're going to get their funding stopped. So we're not in a good place there. Every time you finish a book, you always tell me, oh, God, don't you know? let me ever go near my laptop ever again and start one. But you always do. And this is number three. So what, what's going to be number four? Have you made your mind up yet? I don't know. I, mean, I think I might do a kid's version of this book, actually, because my publisher's asking. And I, ultimately, my aim is to try to change teaching and the way we talk about empire in this country. I don't think it's actually as hard as people make out. So I'll probably do that, but I do a book once every probably eight years. So there's probably going to be another one in 2028, if I'm around still. 